0: Welcome to All About HR. I'm your host, Tom Horn, and I'm on a journey to learn about all things HR. I'm documenting my conversations with thought leaders, HR professionals, and real employees about everything from recruiting, workplace of the future, benefits, you name it. We're All About HR. Let's go. Welcome back to All About HR. Very special episode number 15 where not only are we learning all about HR, we're learning all about, all about HR. Because our guest today is Laura Hunley. She is my partner in crime, the show's producer, my colleague, my friend. And we took way too long to just build a whole show around her because I'm staring at her through our squad cast for the 15th time. And it's, we got to give her the mic. So Laura, welcome on to the show.
1: Oh, it's so good to be here!
0: Welcome on to your show. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, first off, like, do I remember to say thank you at the end? I feel like I do most of the time. Have I ever missed uh, a shout out to you?
1: Yeah, I think you mostly hit it. I think, yeah, mostly. I mostly get. I mostly get the. Yeah, mostly. Yeah,
0: <laughs> mostly hit it. That means that's a no. I got to go back. <laughs> we got an edit oh, an episode.
1: Yeah, we'll have to inter- interject that. Thank you.
0: Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is gonna be really fun because you and I spent, when I said, I want to do a podcast, you're like, cool, let's do it. You immediately took on all the technical, you said, we'll figure out the mics and I'll figure out all this stuff. I've got some stuff at home and it was way harder than both of us both of us i think imagined uh, how, how long did it take us to actually get something recorded
1: oh i, I think from when we said those were wo- when you said those words to actual recording uh it was probably six to seven weeks that there was just a lot of like technical difficulties things that just didn't work out like we thought
0: and all that went through my head is i've seen some Real range of people do podcasts. How are we struggling so hard at this thing? It can't be that bad. Uh, But it was. was, What was your, as, as we were building this thing out, what was the most, what was the hardest thing for you on the technical side? Like what part were you just like, Okay, this is officially a pain in my butt.
1: I think honestly, getting the right mic to work there, so getting the getting mics to work the way you want them to work, it just it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah. And that's, uh, I guess it's a good time to share one of our dirty secrets of All About HR. The episode number one with Chris Coberly, uh, my boss, and uh, your boss, our CEO, we had to record twice. Because we made assumptions that it was not the mic, it was the computer, it was the program, and it was the mic. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was the mic. Yep. It's always the mic. That's what we now know. That was the lesson learned.
0: Yeah. And getting a CEO to come back is definitely not a comfortable conversation you want to have. Luckily, Chris is gracious.
1: I was going to say, but of all the CEOs you, ha- you would have to ask twice, like, Chris is probably the best one. He's super awesome.
0: Which is funny because the other best gaffe I think we had was with a CEO guest as well. And it was with uh, uh, Jason Averbrook. We recorded live at the HR tech conference and somehow my recording lost half the last half of the conversation. So I had to chase him around to try to get him to come back And he was the keynote at this thing and record again with me. So, uh, and he was gracious enough and he was a phenomenal guest and he was gracious enough to come back after the show and jump on remotely and still give us the time. So our two biggest kind of technical hiccups were (laughs) of course to CEOs, not, not that all of our guests aren't special, but CEOs tend to have that really packed calendar. You're trying to fight. Oh yeah. Uh, I think my biggest like surprise in this whole thing was just the the length of time it took to put it all together and i couldn't have done it without uh, john and wendy from the hr social hour uh, half hour podcast they were a lot of my inspiration and i sent our first pod podcast out to john and he gave me some great feedback and one of them was you better have good sound have good mics like all people have is what you're saying and what that sounds like, so that that was a huge learning curve, uh, and I'm really gracious for them to help give us that that advice to get started, right? So that was a good walk around memory lane. We are going to be doing some a lot of new things here uh, with all about HR as we move forward, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring Laura uh, on today. Laura's been Laura's been integral to everything we do. And she's got a lot of these ideas on the back end. She helped us figure out HR hot sauce. Um, She's the one that yells at me when I do the HR hot sauce for four minutes. She's like, no, it's got to be shorter and more interesting. So uh, you'll hear her HR hot sauce. Uh, We'll see if she's a hypocrite, leaves hers in for four minutes. But I think it was a really good one. Uh, (laughs) But we are going to talk about all about HR today. So Laura is an expert. She manages our data collection team here at People Element. So as we get on into this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the best practices of collecting employee feedback. Um, some of the things she hears that surprise her from employees when we reach out to collect feedback. So there's some really good nuggets. Uh, hopefully, share with our audience here that really are going to be uh, directly related related to the world of HR. And along those lines, Laura's had this concept that we should do a. HRN news, HR roll-up of what we're seeing on Twitter um and what we're seeing out, out in the world. And we're gonna we're gonna kind of live test that with you today with the goal that we do this about 90 seconds at um, on each of our podcasts. Like what are we seeing? Um what are funny things we're seeing on Twitter? What are some of the hard hitting articles and where you might want to seek out some of this info? So Laura, if I can just hand the mic over to you, let's get us started. Let, what are you seeing out there in the world in the conversation of HR today?
1: Okay, so I'm going to preface this with I'm relatively new to Twitter, um, but I have found quite a few amazing, fun people to follow um, in the HR space. Uh, So I have here um, a tweet. It was kind of a post-out question from Kat Kibben or at Katrina Kibben. Um, They say, help me out. Uh, Finish this sentence. A great recruiter knows how to write a decent blank.
0: Great recruiter helps me write a decent blank. I'm not gonna say cover letter. <laughs> if I know cat, I mean job description.
1: So um so you can't have that one. What else would you say?
0: Thank you letter. I feel like that's one of those things that seems really easy. And then I sit down to write it. And I'm like, oh crap, how do I like how do I make this not generic? And how do I make it sincere and not sappy and not like I'm kissing their butt? Like there's a lot going on in a thank you letter. On the surface, mm-hmm. it seems easy, but to me, that seems like really hard to do. I don't know. What do you think? Awesome.
1: A great recruiter knows how to write a decent resume. They would, they would have to know how to help you rewrite or write your resume.
0: Yeah. And there's a billion opinions right now. So
1: uh, yeah. Oh, there's some more the, the, you want to move into the next week. Cause that's what that one involves. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, let's,
0: let's roll. What do you got?
1: Uh, this is from David Fano. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, um, at David Fano. I don't know what gets people more riled up, Oxford commas or resumes needing to be one page. What's your hot take on that?
0: My resume would be 12 pages if I had my way (laughs) at it, unfortunately. (laughs) I don't think they have to be one page anymore. I thought that was, they can't be too long. And if they are long, it has to be actual good information. I, I can't imagine anyone having a one page resume.
1: All right. So ready for the next one? Okay, so this is from I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name, Joel Latin. I think it's Legier, Lad- but I
0: totally could be wrong because it's
1: social too. Twitter handle is at human head human headhunter. he question he put out to the Twitterverse. How come ninety-nine percent of content on LinkedIn is about creating oh, content? That
0: <laughs> that, <laughs> that is awesome. Um, you yeah, know, I got one that reminds me uh, uh, Nicole uh Garati, she does the most inclusive uh HR list. Um, she's known as at social Nicole on Twitter. Um, but she she's big on content and, and you know creating social strategies. So I've seen her have very similar sentiment, but I love that tweet uh that you just mentioned. But I saw she wrote, I read that 42% of managers don't know how to have effective development conversations. Here's the thing they shouldn't be managers. Developing is a basic necessity for managers. Without that ability, managers manager is fundamentally incapable of doing their job. Thoughts, manager Laura Hunley.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think it's because, I mean, we're talking about people. And, uh, and so you absolutely have to understand your workforce. You have to understand um, your team. You have to understand uh, your employees. And uh, I think a big piece of that is understanding, you know what is it that they want to be doing? Um, what is it they want to be doing um, at work, outside of work? Um, how can we help support them? Um, and i and I think that goes like hand in hand with also good leadership, where um, ultimately, what you want out of your workforce is to see them to be the most successful they can possibly be. And I do think people often get caught up in, um that can only be here like this can only happen at our organization um and i think it's i I like the idea of the way people element takes the approach which is we want to we want you to be successful everywhere and so if it means that you're going to develop a skill set here um that you can absolutely use here but you can also translate that somewhere else that's awesome you know we really we really just want people to be successful yeah
0: i love it i agree um but it, it strikes to the conversation we just had in our second-to-last podcast with uh, Mike Sippel Jr. of Talent Magnet Institute about how you hear all this executive coaching and C-suite coaching. and But the number of the, – the amount of coaching and leadership development you see at early to mid-stage in career is really small. So it's It's just left up to – Companies and other managers that have worked their way through it. There's not enough concentration on that as a whole in in the space in any of the workplace. Not to say there's not great organizations doing this, but I think that's a sincere. I think McCall hit on it. And I think what you filled in. Um, I think that's a sincere need in the space.
1: Oh yeah, and I actually, I mean, I know we're probably going to get to it, or it might be a more direct question, but um, it's when I do exit interviews for our clients. I, I think it's always surprising to me when I hear the things that people talk about from their direct supervisors. And and you would think that even just like one minor tweak, and you could say this to like every organization, which is um, the thing you should want most from the people that are like, du- like reporting directly to you, you should want to see their success. Like every, that should be the number one thing you should want to, you should want to see. And that everything else can just be a decision based on that because um, i know we have like uh we always have competing priorities but um but i think if you could live by that as a manager you if you really had nothing else to go on as a manager if you if you could work with that then i think you could get through a lot um th- a lot of these things that i'm hearing that um exiting employees are saying about their supervisors or direct managers yeah there's
0: another tweet i saw this week from uh adam uh, Karpiak, who i think is the absolute king of continuously hilarious and uh, Approachable content, this is actually one of his least funny comments, but it's exactly <laughs> of what you're what you're talking about, which is, I've been recruiting for almost 20 years. I can confidently say most job seekers I've spoken to wouldn't be looking for new jobs. Their managers had any clue how to manage people effectively. Companies, train your managers.
1: Oh, yeah. At I mean, all levels. Like
0: This week, I've seen that all over the place, and I don't think that's a... Um, I don't think that's, we need to spend time there. That's it. We need to spend time there. Every organization, if they do one thing, spend time here. Um, retention, engagement, all of those things can come out of this one space.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, I would even add to that the the culture. Like you would have, um, I think you would see positive things come out of the culture too.
0: Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I, I gotta I'll pass yeah. it back to you. I want to see what else you found, but uh Adam Adam Karpiec saved pinned tweet. It like touches Jay Green and I. It's like one of our favorite jokes. Let me save you some time. Your email does not find me well. Like I love it. That's <laughs> 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 yeah. good, right?
1: Uh, that is really uh, good. I responded to one. Yes. They're
0: like, We hope, we hope this email finds you safe and I responded to it and I showed Jane I don't, I don't want Chris to see it, but I was like <laughs> no I'm captured send help that was my reply to an inbound sales <laughs> inquiry last last week so I felt bad about it but I couldn't I couldn't leave that low hanging through
1: that is hilarious oh no see we we've exhausted my content at this point uh, the, those are the right, well, I'm going to give
0: you some new content and it's a secret cuz okay. everyone's going to think I'm so witty and I I leave their name on it but if you don't follow employee tears on Instagram or Twitter, they are hilarious. So here's a couple Couple I, okay. I've uh, I, I pegged that I like. Um, when I sign an email, sincerely yours, it's not a term of endearment. It means this email is now yours and I'm done with it. Get it away from me. <laughs> Apparently, quote, <laughs> the vibes are off, end quote, isn't a good excuse to leave work early. Um, let's see. Yes, I will resend that file I sent you 11 day, days ago because you said you needed it ASAP. So I stayed up all night working on it. Let me just scream into a pillow and hurl myself into the night sky real quick. Uh, <laughs> and they've got even more inappropriate ones I won't talk about here. But empl- at employee tiers is hilarious if you concentrate on the workforce at all.
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like I had a response to that first one. What was it? The uh, Sincerely Yours?
0: Yes. Sincerely Yours. Yes. Uh, Uh, It's not a term of endearment. It means this email is now yours. Get it away from me. Don't bounce it back to me.
1: Yeah. I feel like that could also be like, you know, the email, you could start an email game of like uh, Red Rover, Red Rover, or something where it just, you know, you like toss it back over or Whatever I feel like there's something in there. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> I need to think about this a little bit more.
0: <laughs> all right, folks. Next podcast, Laura's gonna have a Red Rover, Red Rover email game for all of us yes. to entertain ourselves with.
1: Something. All right,
0: let's uh, wrap up this first segment. But I do want to give a shout out to um, two articles, real quick, uh, that really hit me. One was shared by uh, Nikki Hoyland at the re- at the Nikki H. Um, and it's make making the office a magnet, not a mandate, is the key to driving personal engagement and connection with the business, its purpose, and each other. That's a quote from a Forbes article that she links to on Twitter. She's got it on LinkedIn. If you don't follow Nikki Hoyland, she's awesome. But I loved that article. I thought that really, really resonated. And the final, not funny, but serious good piece I saw, one of my favorite articles of the week, is by Tom Starner on HR our human resource executive, four new onboarding frameworks to help prevent the great regret. So we moved from the great resignation to the great realization to the 12 other names that we've heard everyone talk about it. And now we're seeing the great regret. So
1: Uh, give me a synopsis. Great
0: regret is essentially like, oh, I joined this company. It's going to be so much better than where I was. And then you onboard and you're like, oh, crap. This place stinks just as bad as the last place. Man, they don't have culture. They just have ping pong tables. Um, so the great regret is I regret moving or I regret coming to this company or your company. And then the wheel of turnover keeps going. So essentially that's uh, okay. that's the idea. Okay. Um, but let's take a break. I want to get to your HR hot sauce. And we come back. Let's talk about onboarding because that's that's a conversation that's coming up more and more. So we'll be right back. Laura Hunley, producer, friend, colleague at All About HR. We'll be right back. All right, we are here for a very special HR hot sauce. One of the HR hot sauce founders is now going to get to taste the fire. Laura, are you ready for your first ever HR hot
1: sauce? I'm ready.
0: Let's do it. What is the best job you have ever had?
1: Okay, if I can't say this one, because this definitely is the best job I ever had. Um, My second most favorite job was I worked at um, a movie theater. I was a bartender at a movie theater.
0: What's one phrase at work that drives you nuts?
1: I can't come into work today.
0: Do you like working on rainy or sunny days?
1: I like working on, I actually like working on both, but I, I suppose it feels a little more cozy to work on rainy days.
0: How can someone make your day at work?
1: Coming in and doing their jobs the best they can.
0: Another good management question. Favorite interview question to ask or be asked.
1: So sometimes I have, to, I do have to kind of get an idea of like where somebody feels their technical skills are, um, and so by it's really a follow up question. Um, so when we get to technical skills question, do usually like a on a scale of one to ten, how you know how would you rate your Excel skills? um and whatever answer they give um if they go high like 10 i would ask why not lower um if they go super low i just ask them why not higher why not lower
0: i like it favorite song to bring you out of a funk
1: oh uh edwin star um uh, 25 miles
0: finally mild medium hot or nuclear
1: Hot, hot to nuclear. Oh, my girl. I love it. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. The HR hot sauce concludes. Let's get back into our conversation. All right. Great hot sauce. How did it feel to actually be taking the HR hot sauce, Laura?
1: Not to put too much like hot in there, but as you know, being in the hot seat is definitely different.
0: I know. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those like, oh, these are easy questions. And then someone asks you them quickly while recording right, you. Right. It tends to be a little bit of a different outcome. Well, you did great. Thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. So before we got to that, you know, we were talking about an article, uh, the eight human resources executive. I just want to abbreviate HR every single time, human resources. I got to be able to actually say that without just shortening it. Um, but four new right. onboarding frameworks to help prevent the great regret. We're not going to read that article, but I think it does tee up onboarding a new hire. Everybody, you know, we've been getting calls that people have last year. I need exits. I got to figure out why people are leaving. And now we're getting a lot of calls of, okay, we need to get these people engaged because we're hiring them and they're leaving, or we're hiring them and we're scared to death. They're leaving. Or we just spent nine months hiring for this position and God believe we have to keep this person. So new hires, is this big thing we're talking about. Just like ATS is, you know, really front and center. Your team does, you know, data collection. You look at a lot of data with new hires. Um, what are some of the benefits? What are some of the benefits of doing new hires? You know, at a base level, that we can kind of evolve this conversation from there.
1: I don't know the exact numbers. I'm sure uh, we can pull them in later, but uh, we do know that um, most turnover happens within that first year, and and then I, and I can't remember exactly what statistic it is, but um, but I would say it's something like staggering where. Um, you know, 80% of, you know, folks that are going to leave, they kind of know they're going to leave within the first, they, they, even if they don't leave within that first week, they know based on their experiences within like those first few days, they're going to, they're going to check out.
0: 2007, 2008, new hire became a thing. And I think it's pretty well known that, you know, you do orientation, you get a little new hire survey and that's it. It was always this kind of nice, just initial data point, but it wasn't this big actionable data point. I think, We've learned in our business that if you can connect engagement and understand why people took a job, you can now connect that if you're doing annual engagement surveys, you can connect engagement at 90 days or 60 days to engagement at a year or two and what those engaging pieces are, which is really powerful. It's not just, okay, they liked orientation. Okay, it was okay. They didn't quit. It's this engaged them here and then now this is still what's engaging them. Further on, And connecting those is important. And then if you're doing exits, it's not just why we're leaving. You can now know why they came and why they're leaving and understand, all right, well, what's the gap in here? So I think new hires is just really elevated as a strong data point for organizations, whereas before it was a, eh, I guess it's probably good if we know if they're happy in day 30.
1: Oh yeah. Well, the other thing uh, that new hire helps with is that it helps to eliminate those outside forces as to why somebody stayed in the job, maybe a little bit longer than they would have otherwise. Um, so right now we know that, um, it is the, uh, you know, a job seekers market. Um, and, and so they don't have to stay with an organization really, if they don't want to, there's, there's a lot out there.
0: let well, say so here's some interesting stats too. I think that's even more compelling driving, um, again, from, uh, um, from the article, um, from the article with Tom uh, Starner on um, Human Resource Executive, fifty percent of workers expect to be at the same job three years from now. Half, not wild. Forty-nine percent of employees who started a new job are not getting trained in person. It's either virtual, thirty-one percent, or hybrid, eighteen percent. That to me is a like we all kind of know it, but hearing that statistic that forty-nine percent are getting trained. Remotely. I mean, think about the connectivity you're losing in that. And I'm all for hybrid and remote work, but when you're just starting out, like that's 50% aren't getting any, like, aren't getting the FaceTime, aren't training, sitting down and going, wait, what's that question? They're having to jump on teams or jump on Slack and go, Hey, I got a question to people that they never met before. Um, like, I think right. that's pretty powerful. I think that's a, Big driver of how employees are feeling right now,
1: oh yeah, i um I won't say for which client I did this exit interview for, but I was talking to and it was in it's fairly consistent um for those that I spoke with where um, they were this exact scenario they were hired in a virtual environment. Um, And they did all onboarding, all training, and their job was ultimately going to be remote as well. And one of their frustrations, and again, this was thematic, um, their frustrations were they, um, they languished in the onboarding process. There weren't things to do. So they they got their equipment and then they sat with it for weeks. And you can imagine that you would be frustrated as a new employee because you want to jump in there, you want to get going, you want to start your job, you want to start uh, contributing. And, and that to really just languish out there and, and do nothing is, I think, it sounded to me like the worst thing that you could possibly do as an organization. Absolutely.
0: And on the flip side, I'm going to, I didn't get permission, but I'm Shanna and I were talking, one of our newer employees on the client team were talking this morning. I was just talking about how it was going. She did her first welcome meeting with me for one of my new clients and she knocked it out of the park. She like killed it. I was so impressed. But we were just talking about her onboarding and she's like, it's been great. My managers are great. The team is great. The resources are good. But man, it's just really hard <laughs> onboarding remotely. I've never done it like this before. And it's, it's just hard. Everything is done Properly, everything's going in my favor. I love it, but wow, it's a lot of work. And you know that really resonates. Even if you do it really well, even if you're always there, right? It's still hard. And when you're looking at forty nine percent are saying that's how they're onboarding, but we need to pay attention to it. And the great regret, I think we're going to hear a lot about it because I don't think this is very. It's a it's not a very mature practice in a lot of organizations.
1: Oh yeah, it's new. Um and I know we're we're still learning to like it's it's new to us as an organization and I, and at this point we've been doing it now for about 2 years, right? So um so there's still a lot to learn. Yeah,
0: I uh I'm I'm getting a pretty interesting connection now that I'm talking about this conversation and kind of my sales business development job. You know, the great regret the way these employees are coming in and going This company looks great. They're going through the interview process. This is awesome. And then they go to implementation. Or, sorry, I already kind of gave my punchline. Then they go to onboarding and they're like, oh, this is not as good as what I thought. I bought a company that I don't love, or they don't have their act together like they said they did. Very similar to a lot Mm -hmm. of people that I speak to out in the HR tech buying space that are going, we need this new, you know, CRM or human capital management or hris system and they're like this thing is so cool and then they get to implementation they're like oh my god this is so hard and torturous (laughs) and i thought i'd be up and running in a month and now i'm up and running in eight months and macaroni this is incredibly hard and i i feel like it's that same experience to where and i don't feel like that happens to people i talk to all my clients and you know almost all of them are like well this is great you know we we get great reviews but i talk to so many that just go loved the buying process loved the company loved the branding loved all the materials loved all the tools and then i came to implementation and i probably will never love
1: it. so like i'm wondering if like what you were describing is equivalent to like online dating like it's okay you're getting to know somebody online and it feels really good and then like once you have that first date you're like oh no this is not what i signed up for
0: absolutely and <laughs> this is part of the reason that recruiters talk about themselves so much and why I love talent acquisition because they are the people that have to figure out the fit for the company and the candidate before that happens. And the good ones, I think a good recruiter can head off a lot of that great regret by doing the process earlier before you even get to this new hire stuff we're talking about. Um, that's why I have the respect for them. But to answer your question, we don't get recruiters per se. I, mean, I guess there's. Are there still dating like matchmakers out there? I mean, there has to be. Like, are they the recruiters? Is there? An- I don't know of the dating world. The, yeah,
1: that would be the analogy, right? Yeah, because yeah. you can go
0: out and get a job, you can go out and get a date, but like, who's going to help you get through it and find the best match? No recruiter is ever going to talk to me again because I'm now comparing them to the dating matchmaker reality show (laughs) lady on E. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love you guys. Lots of respect. Men and women, that space, my favorite. But (laughs) I will say talking to you, like this is really fun and relaxed and I'm having a really good time. Not that I don't before, but I feel like it's like a, it's like a whole brand new podcast that we're doing right here. Yep. Fun. Final thing I want to talk about with you, and and, and come back full circle again to manager Laura Hunley. You manage a team that's does the data collection for People Moment. We have we're the only provider out there with our in-house phone data collection team, um, and they go out and get just the richest uh, data set. Like it's it's incredible what I hear. Share some stories that that you hear from your team um, about one best practices and two. Just some of the things people say, because I think there's this perception that like employees don't want to do exits. Employees don't wanna have companies call them. Employees don't wanna, you know, employees don't dot dot dot. Tell us some best practices to turn that around, and then go further into some of the stories that you're hearing from from clients when you do reach out.
1: I almost feel like that exact misconception is is indicative of an organization that is pretty removed from how they Perceive and what they want for their people. So the what I would say the overarching theme that I hear from uh, from my group is how often people thank them for reaching out um, how grateful they are that uh, like the company that they used to work for would want something like this because again so often you get you know you get a million surveys in your email or um, via text and um, and there's no it's not really personal or doesn't feel very personal and so people are really really happy to talk to, to somebody um, I would say a fair amount of the time if, especially if it's been an emotional experience a lot of times people will be crying with us even if it like it's not it might not even necessarily be bad it's just that it's emotional for them and they get really you know they get um choked up about a particular experience um so those are i mean that is like a real true connection with some you know with another human being which i think can get lost and and i uh and i i think it's very valuable when we you know when we actually talk to people and get those those stories um with with them
0: do you see a difference from what you hear feedback-wise when it's a third party versus their manager or their company's HR? Do you get any feedback? Is there a difference? And I know it sounds really like a leading question, but like genuinely, like you talk to these people. Yeah. Like, do you hear people say, or or is there a difference?
1: Oh yeah, and I would even say that that's like a, a feature of us actually reaching out because people are hesitant too like are you know a foreign you know or a number they don't recognize comes up they pick up the phone and they they can be fairly intense in those first few seconds like who is this and who are you and why are you calling me so we get an op- you know, we have an opportunity to explain to them who we are and why we're calling. And, and often after the, you know, those sort of initial, like, who are you? Why are you calling? What is this about? Then they do become concerned because maybe they didn't have a great experience and they're they they fear they fear retaliation in some way and so you do get a lot of questions of like okay how exactly is this confidential mm-hmm. and you know are you sure i'm not going to get um am i am i'm still trying to get references from you know my my former organization are you sure it's not going to come back and and hurt me and so people are genuinely concerned about that so if you can imagine that person trying to give feedback to the people they have fear around for retaliation, there's absolutely no way they're going to tell them the real reasons that they're leaving. There's no way.
0: And and most common we're talking to them after their last day of employment, which gives them the, all right, well, I got my paycheck. I'm out of there. Okay. I'll answer a little more openly.
1: (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Final piece. I want to give Mark a bit of recognition here um, from our team. He introduced me to the term peeling back the onion. He talks about it all the time. I talk about it in my no. demos. Um, talk about how data collection peels back the onion. That, you know, of course, digitally getting a survey to your or to your cell phone, to your email, that's easy. It's meeting you where you're at. But the questions are the questions. You know, you can have some some follow-up type of questions, but we're doing phone data collection. Like, sure. tell us about peeling back the onion. Like, what's your team do? Um, and what's that term mean?
1: Oh, uh, I think that's a, it's a great way of saying we're going to, we're going to probe. So if you say something that's um, a little generic, um, you know, like I left because of my supervisor, we actually want to understand a little bit more, what was it about your supervisor? And, and then you get a better story. So it's not just the one word answer of, you know, when to the question, Yeah, you know, what was, what were your most important reasons for leaving um, that you get? the robust version of well so it was my supervisor um they had a tendency to play favorites um and i never felt like i um i fit in or there were a lot of clicks there and so you do start to kind of get more so yeah it's a supervisor but then you're kind of also getting bits of what the culture was like there what the environment was like to work in that was not a good experience either and you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily get that Um, sometimes you do um with um if somebody were just to answer that themselves online, but if it was how they were going to answer it too, just without that probing, then that's probably how they would have left it. So we do get a I would say we we get a more robust story when we actually talk to folks.
0: I love it. Robust is the key to data collection and getting that story is the key. This has been this has been super fun. I've got an idea for the name. What do you think of our new segment? We just call on the HR feed.
1: Ooh, HR I like that. HR feed,
0: and we yeah. get a little fun sound yeah. bite like to kind of start and end it, like something real quick, like.
1: Mm-hmm. As long as it's not somebody eating, then I'm. I'm I was on picturing board
0: some this. sort of like a chicken getting like chicken feed, <laughs> but I don't know what it's. I don't know what that soundbite <laughs> would sound like. <laughs> uh, but let's uh, let. We'll we'll go with that as our working name, but the, the HR feed, will you come back and join us and do that HR feed with us every week?
1: Oh yes, I'm a, uh, I would love to join you for the HR feed. Excellent.
0: Any closing comments you want to leave, uh, leave our audience with? You helped create this audience. We wouldn't be here without you. Uh, any closing comments you want to leave before we sign off here today?
1: Oh no, just... Uh grateful to be a part of this uh it's a great it's been a great learning experience um love listening to i've learned so much um i mean and i know that's uh, a premise of the show is to learn all about hr and i i mean i've learned so much listening to all the guests so so many amazing people that we've had on we, so glad to we be a are part so of glad
0: it. to have you a part of it we need to run a b be real because honestly some of the best conversations and the best content from all these episodes is when we hit stop recording and then you're allowed to talk. Not that you weren't allowed to talk, but <laughs> you just start chatting up with the with the guests and we just have this rolling conversation for uh you know five minutes, 20 minutes sometimes. Um and, and just hearing your curiosity sitting here at the control board just listening to this conversation. Like some of your insights are the best. So I'm excited to get you on mic here um, so we can start capturing a little bit more of that.
1: That'll be fun. all right
0: I want to Big thank you, if you didn't see it coming, to Laura Hunley, And a huge thank you to everybody that listens. We really have a great time doing this. But really what's important is that you have a great time listening. And that everybody here is learning all about HR. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you back in the next week. Cheers.
1: Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. PeopleElement's employee experience and engagement solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at
0: PeopleElement.com.